So go to Psalm 34. I feel like I'm saying this every week on Wednesday nights, but um, I'm just personally really enjoying reading through and studying through these psalms. And for me, it's like every week um, there's something in there that's ministering to me. And so that's, I hope that that's true for, for all of us. And so what I want to do is not give you all my notes because I have too many, but give you kind of a summary of my study of this psalm this week. And um, at the end, I want to have some discussion with us uh, as well. So um, if you found Psalm 34, let's pray, and then we'll read the psalm. Sounds good. Okay. All right, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we uh, come to you tonight thanking you so much for this day you've given us. I thank you for each person that's here tonight and those who are uh, tuning in with us on Facebook. And I pray for all those in our church who couldn't be here for one reason or another. Um, Father, especially tonight, we ask you to help us to understand your word. We ask you to uh, challenge us. We ask you to, to encourage us, uh, just to remind us of how good you are. And remind us not tonight of how much we need you every single day. And so, by your Holy Spirit, help us understand these things that we might apply them to our lives and be the Christians you've called us to be. We thank you most of all for Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. So, you'll see there in the top of Psalm 34... It says, a psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. So before we read it, um, the background of this is like some of these other psalms. Basically, David is running for his life. He's running from Saul. He's recently, you know, kind of figured out, okay, Saul (laughs) is jealous of me or hates me and Saul wants to kill me, basically, and so David flees, and in this scenario, when he flees, he, he went to Gath, uh, a, a place of the Philistines, and when he gets there, he realizes, you know what, they may not want me here either. And so what he does is he kind of acts insane, or he acts crazy in front of uh, their king, and then their king's like, this guy's nuts, let's get rid of him. And so then David's able to go somewhere else. And so a lot of people believe he's here in a cave uh, or something like that, running away from Saul, and he's writing these words. And so as you hear them, as you listen to them, understand this is not a highlight of his life. He is struggling. He's between a rock and a hard place. He's, he's not, um, this is not something to brag about, the, the situation he's in. And yet, in a situation like this, he is praising God and, and speaking words of hope and trust. And I don't know, it was a blessing to me, and so I hope it will be to you. Let's read it. I'm going to read the whole thing in, in, one, in one reading. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. 
O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they sh- that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. I think there's a word here for all of us tonight. Your life may be going great tonight, and I hope it is. But if for some reason there's just one thing in your life, one part of it that's not, you know, that's, that's a struggle for whatever reason. Could be work, could be family, could be something else. Health. Um... I hope you'll focus in on the, this word and, and let the Lord, uh, I think, encourage you. So let's break it down. First, the first three verses, I'm putting them in a group together. And to me, these, these verses just say, even in the cave, even in the valley, I will praise him. Right? That's what he says. He, can, he basically just says it three times. I'm going I'm to praise him. I'm going to bless him. His praise will be in my mouth. Um, my soul takes her boast in who? The Lord and then he says in verse 3, magnify the Lord with me. As I was reading this, I thought about being in high school. And did you ever have pep rallies in school? And did you ever do the thing where like half the gym or half the, the crowd would say, we've got spirit, yes we do. Mm-hmm. We've got spirit, how about you? And then the other side would echo, right? And it would go back and forth and back. And you, see, you try to see who could be the loudest. I thought about that because it's like David saying, I will bless the Lord. My soul will make her boast in him. Then he says in verse 3, now you do it with me, us. Maybe a better, maybe a better illustration is, a, is me on Sunday morning standing up and saying, hey, let's stand and sing together. Let's magnify the Lord together. And so David is here with his own, his men, like his army, his, some of his followers. And, and so when he says these things, he's, he's looking around them saying, hey, I'm going to praise him. Let's praise him together. Even in this not so ideal situation, we give him praise. How many of you have been in a not-so-ideal situation and said, you know what, I'm going to praise him anyway. All of us, I imagine. 
The next, the, the rest of the psalm after verse 3 is really reasons to praise Him. And so I want to first look at verses 4 through 7. Just notice the, the David's approach to God. Verse 4, he says, I seek after the Lord, I sought Him. Um, look at verse um, 5. It says, they looked unto Him. I love that idea of looking unto the Lord. That's a good way to say it, right? We look unto Him. It's like when my, I've told you all this illustration before, or something like it, when my child falls and scratches her knee, and she looks up to Daddy, right? And she's like, hold me. She looks to me for what? Help and comfort and peace and just everything, right? That's what a small child looks to their parent for everything. And we are to look to our Heavenly Father like that. They looked unto Him. He sought after Him. Verse 6 how many of us pray like this? This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. Now, was David really poor? I mean, not really poor. He probably had more than all of us. But the idea here is poor in spirit. Realizing that he, without God, he is lacking. He is, he is not complete. He is the poor man. Maybe we should pray like that. Lord... I'm just a poor beggar before you, and I come to you in prayer. Yeah. Uh, uh, completely, to me, this, verse 6 is humble, right? Humility before the Lord. Then in verse 7, it says, The angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and delivereth him. Notice something as I read through this, is that word fear, that phrase, fear the Lord. Verse 7 You'll see it, I think, three different times in this psalm. And I know we've discussed this before as well, but some fears are not good. There, there are some fears in your life that can be destructive or hindering to your life. But is it good to fear the Lord? Is this the only place the Bible says to do this? It's not. Proverbs is one that sticks out. The beginning of wisdom, right? The beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord. And did you know that when we talk about fearing the Lord, if you look in the Scriptures, it's always really a, a, a positive that we fear Him so that we might be blessed or so that we might be more Christ-like or so that we might know God more. And so to fear the Lord is not a negative, it's a positive. And we're going to see it, by the way, you'll see it in the New Testament too. It says they, they feared the Lord. And it was a positive thing. And so, say it again. Yeah, it's, it's respect and reverence and understanding He is truly God. Truly in, in control, and that's a that's a huge attitude for us to be at as as believers. Um, and again, so you'll see that again in verse in this verse. But in four through seven, David's approach is to seek the Lord, to look, to call himself the poor man. But what's God's response in verses four through seven? Y'all see a few words there. What are some of God's responses? Does God hear him? Verse four. Does God deliver him? Verse 4. Verse 6. Does God save him? So as we look to the Lord and seek after him and humble ourselves before him, he hears you. Listen, he hears you. He delivers his people. That's an encouragement tonight. Let's look at verses 8 through 10. I love verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in Him. 
I like this call from David. Anybody can say the Lord is good, right? And all of us and everyone in our church. and I mean, even an atheist could say if they wanted to, right, those words, the Lord is good. But, and even some Christians might say the Lord is good. But there's a difference in saying that and truly experiencing, experiencing it, right? Many of us, probably all of us in this room, have, have experienced the goodness of the Lord in our lives. Or we could say, I can name you this situation and this situation where he's been good. And that's a whole other thing. And David wants the people listening to this to, to taste and see that he is good. To truly know. I thought about, you know, um, uh, an example here is, you know, I can ask my wife, like, what's it like to give birth? But that's something I can never experience, right? If I could, I'd probably make a lot of money and, and be on TV or something. But I don't want that. I would never want to try that. But, but the point is this. Whoever we are, as followers of Christ, we, we can experience the goodness of God, right? We can experience it and know it. And maybe tonight someone's just been through some stuff and you're like, I need to, just, I need to be reminded that the Lord is good and that He's going to provide for me through whatever I'm going through. I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight and, and y'all know this, but we're going to keep reminding ourselves. As a matter of fact, driving in, probably just on the other side of Hamilton, I came through a rain shower and I was thinking about this verse, and I looked out to the side, and there was a rainbow. Did y'all see it? Paula, did you see it? And I, as I, I was like, the Lord is good, right? And that's a good reminder. Every time you see the rainbow, that He's good. And it looked like it just disappeared. Yeah. Did you notice yeah. that? I mean, yeah. it just, like, literally went away. Yeah. Now I got down farther, and it showed up. You saw it again. Wow. I know. I was just staring at it. I should have been watching the road. <laughs> Taste and see that He is good. Hey, if that's a verse we could get, if, if, every, if every member of our church could taste and see the Lord is good, there's no telling what else could happen in our church family. 9 and 10. Um, for here I just put in my notes, the Lord provides for His people. Um, fear the Lord, you saints. There's no want to them that fear Him. Again, there's the fear again. Um, twice in that verse. Young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. This reminds me of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. What's it say? I shall not want. I shall not be lacking. And for all of us tonight, if anyone needs to to be reminded of that, um, if you're one of His people, you can rest assured, one way or another, He will provide for you. And that's something to hold on to. Let's look at 11 through 14. Come, you children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. There it is again. And then he says, What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? And right here, I just thought, you know, we all want to see good in our lives, in our own lives, in our families, in our church, in our world. And then he gives really the answer here. How can you see good? And in these verses, I just break it down like this. Speak good and act good. Speak right and act right. Our words and our actions every single day can bring about positive things or negative things. And I would challenge all of us to, as Ephesians says, to, you know, to speak words of truth, not words of corruptness and, and negativity but to bring about positive thoughts and Christ-like thoughts in your speech. 
That's important, right? I mean, the mouth is a hard thing to control sometimes, isn't it? Right? For all of us, especially some, some more than others. But what we say, what we say to people at work, to people we run across in town, can sometimes shed a light on Christ or be a negative testimony if we're not careful. Not only our words, but of course our actions as well. He says in verse 14, depart from evil and, and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. May God help our words and our actions be pleasing in His sight. 15 through 18. He talks about the eyes of the Lord being on the righteous, the ears of the Lord, the face of the Lord is against those that do evil. Verse 17, the righteous cry, the Lord hears them. Verse 18, what a verse. The Lord is nigh, He's close to them of a broken heart and saves those that have a contrite spirit. When I was in seminary, I learned a word, anthropomorphism. Anthropomorphism. Ever heard that? I can't spell it. I can barely say it. And I may not be saying it right. And the, I remember the seminary guy saying, t- the professor said, you'll impress your church with this word. I thought, this is real important stuff. Thanks, professor. But an anthropomorphism is when God is given human attributes, like the eyes of the Lord, the ears of the Lord, the face of the Lord, as we see here in, the, in this passage. But the, the point of this anthropomorphism is that God is looking on his people. And he is listening. His ears are open unto their cry. And he's, his face is on those that do evil. And the contrast is that he cares for those who are the righteous who serve him. Now again, David and his men, very likely here running, very likely here in a cave or something like that, to know, for those men to know, hey, things don't seem great right now, but the Lord hears us, the Lord sees us. His face is on us. What an encouragement. For, for that one, you know what I put in my notes? The Lord is personal. We need to be reminded of that, I think. Oh, yeah. That's another, I guess, a theological word. He's, he's transcendent. God is transcendent in the fact that He's created all things. He's sovereign. He's bigger than we can imagine. But He's also just personal, right? Any moment, even now, you can stop and you can pray to the Lord of the universe and he will hear your prayers. Isn't that crazy? That he would listen to people like us? I believe he does. Um, so, he's personal. 19 through 22. For me, verse 19 is my favorite verse in this psalm. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. The righteous being believers. How many of you would say, I'm a believer? And I've experienced many afflictions. All of us. Like, would any of you say, well, that's not fair. I'm, I'm a believer in, in Christ. I should get a pass on all these afflictions. That's not right, is it? What did Jesus say? In this world, you will have many tr- trouble. And He did. Jesus had trouble, and His disciples had trouble, and Christians over the, all of history have had trouble. And afflictions of different kinds. So again, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Don't expect life to be easy. We don't, do we? I expect it to be hard, actually, the other way around. But what's the last part of the verse say? He delivers us. He delivers the righteous. 
It says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of some of the afflictions. All. All. And in the Hebrew, that word all means all. <laughs> right? I'm guessing. I hadn't read the Hebrew on that, but. Hey, that's a verse you might want to highlight tonight or underline or memorize. And the next time you are going through something that's a struggle, you can remind yourself, Lord, I know many are the afflictions of the righteous, but I know you deliver me from them all. One way or another, right? One way or another, he delivers his people. I should just do a whole sermon on that verse. I love that verse. Let's move on. 20 and 21. Again, he's just talking here about the Lord providing for his people and how the Lord is against the, the wicked and in 22, he summarizes by saying, the Lord redeems the souls of his, the soul of his servants. And if you trust in him, verse 22, you'll not be desolate. And so as I, as I kind of summarize Psalm 34, um, again, if you have your life or any part of your life seems to be down in the dumps or some kind of struggle, these words, I think, are such a prayer to adopt to know that, first of all, we can still praise him when things aren't ideal. David did. We should follow that, that testimony. And secondly, to know that he is for his people. I can't wait. We're in Romans 8 on Sunday mornings, and we're going to eventually get to verse 28, my favorite verse in the Bible, that God works all things together for good for those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. And I hope you don't just know that verse. I hope you've tasted and seen that verse in your life. If you have, you can give him praise. Amen. Let's pray. Then we'll conclude this, this part. Nick, pray for us if you don't mind. Lord, we're truly honored and blessed to be in your house tonight. Lord, we, we thank you for this opportunity you've given us. Lord, we we thank you for Brother Kelby's willingness to, to study your word and, and, and pour it out to us, Lord. We just, uh, we just ask you to be with us, Lord. You just lead God and direct us in everything that we do, Lord. Just be with us through the remainder of this week. Lord, just uh, lead God and direct us in everything that we do and bring us back to the next point in time. Lord, we love you and we thank you, Christ, for what you've done for us and what you will do for us. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to disconnect Facebook. Thank you.